Welcome to Embrace the Mess, where we navigate the messy, challenging, and ultimately rewarding reality of trying to break down the barriers that prohibit vulnerability and creativity between educators and students. Embrace the Mess is a Reimagine ATL podcast. Reimagine ATL exists to equip the next generation of storytellers. What's going on, y'all? I'm Potters. I'm Gavin. And this is ETM episode 11, bonus content. Boom, hit you with a bonus. You know what I mean? Here extra, we are. <laughs> extra goodness. On this, on this little episode, we're going to be talking to Miss Emma Satterfield of the Satterfields. And she was our teacher's assistant behind the scenes of everything that you've heard, all this classroom stuff. She was shooting video of it. And she was um, sort of an objective observer. Young lady, young filmmaker. She's super dope. She was also the first assistant director on uh, Know Your Worth, the music video. So, yeah, she was putting in work and uh, we were happy to have her. Super cool having her on because she lives over off of Cleveland Ave on on, uh, 75 and that's exactly where Forest Hill is. Thing is, she's had a completely different experience of that neighborhood than the kids have. And a lot of kids at Forest Hill don't actually live in that area. But still, there's a perspective thing that was interesting to talk to her about. Just seeing how people who live in the same space can experience those things differently. And also, like, how she's grown through not just, like, her experience at Forest Hill Academy, but with Reimagine. Because she's been, she was with us, you know, not just in the schools, with a, prog- with a community program. She's also been a part of NOCO and like worked on other countless things in and around Reimagine. So you get to have a student's point of view on this episode. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because she was a teacher's assistant for us, but recently she was my director for the No Comment Project, Craig, where I got to play a funny little alien character and um, watch Emma go from first AD to director. Super cool. We're super proud of her. And we have a awesome guest, which happens to be her father and who's also been around the Atlanta film industry for a while. So we're going to have him in a little bit later as well. We're going to bring in Miss Emma Satterfield. Of the, uh, of the Satterfields. Don't ever forget of the Satterfields. Put respect on my name. <laughs> Emma, welcome to the show. Word. Hello. <laughs> what up, Emma? I just want to say, I think I pulled up to Thanksgiving with y'all last, uh, you know, in this most recent Thanksgiving. I don't know exactly how it went, but I told somebody in your family that when you first introduced yourself, you said, of the Satterfields. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know what that meant. And then I met your family and I was like, oh, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. Um, we around. We around. We out here, bro. All right, Emma, you watched this journey of know your worth from starting with financial literacy to ultimately being assistant director on the music video that went to Atlanta Film Festival. Like you were behind the camera documenting what was happening in the classroom the whole time. So you have, you're looking at it through a different lens than us. What was going on in your mind? Thinking back, how do you kind of reflect on that now? I don't know. The whole experience was really cool. Uh, Just getting to see how... Not only just like how public schools are, but just how um, that community is. All those girls were like really sweet. I really got to know a lot of them, and our cat, especially our, me and her, are homies. We still like message each other on Instagram occasionally. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen her like tattoo art. But yeah. I'm like so proud of her. Weird. 
I'm just really proud of all of those guys looking back like they were really in it. Did you think that, because you were there when we started at uh, Forest Hills, did you think that we would have gotten to the point that we were at with actually being able to make the music video? Like, what were your expectations around, like, the whole process we were on from the time we left Forest Hill to, like, go to Doug? Um, it was just such a different vibe. It's just, they, the Forest Hill kids didn't... Uh, like, they couldn't take themselves out of their situation for long enough mm. to, like, prioritize our program. It's like, they were there, and they were kind of present with us in the moment, and then, like, as soon as we left, they kind of forgot all about it because of all the other stuff going on around them and in their lives. And right. and then we would come back, and they would be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we forgot about that. And it's like, yeah. It just became a, a situation where we had to have people who could focus on the program more. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because you, you live in that same neighborhood, you know, over a Cleveland Ave area. But your interaction, your relationship with that neighborhood is different than theirs. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, we're, we're very distanced from the neighborhood as a whole, you know, we're like very, uh, we're like literally hidden in the woods, you know, where my house is. And right. It's, we don't get a lot of interaction with our neighbors, um, on a regular basis. It's really like, we're just spectators. Right. So what's the, what was that like to, for you, for you kind of like jumping into this school and being like, Oh, a lot of these kids live down the yeah, street from me. Yeah, literally right around the corner for me. Yeah. But especially one thing we didn't mention is that you're, you've been homeschooled. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been homeschooled my whole life. And like I've gone to co-op groups, like classes and things like that outside of my home. It's not like I've never been in a schooling system before, but I've never been to a public school. I've never really had to follow like stricter rules set by a school because like the parents are always so involved. And so like (laughs) they're like paying for everything directly. So, you know, they care a lot more about the students, I would say, in like some of the class systems that I've been to. I always love getting to go into other people's worlds like that. I feel like it's always really eye-opening to see just how people live. Even in, it was it was an especially cool experience because it's literally in my backyard. It's literally in my neighborhood. Yeah. Like I didn't have to go to a completely different side of town to like get a completely different side of, of people's lives. Yeah. Does that make sense? Emma, how do you think you've grown? Be, you know, we, we went from community being a, being a, being with us, me and Gavin um, as a teacher's assistant. Then you pulled in a NoCo with Lucci, and now you're kind of back out in the world. What's that? What's that process like? How do you think you've grown as a creative? It's a tricky question. Hmm. <laughs> I just overall have more experience. You know, I don't know if you have you guys heard the saying that's like, "Don't be afraid to start over." Because you're not starting from scratch, you're starting from experience. No doubt. I, have I feel no. like that's kind of where I'm at right now. Where currently unemployed, <laughs> it doesn't look like my job is going to reopen after the pandemic because uh, we've lost too much money and everything's very uh, up in the air and scary. But I feel like I have the knowledge I need to continue and find more resources and more contacts and um, new jobs and 
I feel like I'm going to be okay. Yeah, of course. Things are a little less unknown, and uh, that gives me a little more confidence, I would say. Seems like you have that skill set, and I know you got some of that from the process of being at Reimagine, but you are part of the Southfields. So um, <laughs> what influence yeah, did... Uh, they've been around for a while. They know what's up, too. I feel like I get a lot of... I don't know, like, especially just from people who knew, like, who knew me as a kid uh, and, like, are just now uh, getting to know me again as an adult, uh, they tend to credit a lot of things that I've done and stuff to, like, my parents. My parents don't really find opportunities for me. They encourage me to go get opportunities, but I go out and, like, find this stuff by myself. Right. Um, and, you know, we keep saying of the Satterfields, but we never looked to you that way. We didn't even know your parents were in the film industry for a while until we after we met you because we 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 met you because you pulled up to an event and you're like yo take my card yeah <laughs> you know so we um uh, that aside the opportunity and the networking aspect of it what them being filmmakers was that a part of you trying wanting to jump in or not the only thing obviously but um was that a sort of an inspiration for you a little bit yeah um my I don't know. It's like I grew up on set. I've always loved it. I've always loved the like the organized chaos is what I've always called it. Mm -hmm. um, my parents really did not want me to go into the film industry. They tried to convince me not to for several years. And then because both of my parents are like below the line. So uh, eventually my dad was just kind of like, okay. As long as you get in above the line, right. as long as you're like a director or a producer, like, I guess, you know, you can, can get into the biz. Right. And below the line. Just, they don't they don't want me to get stuck because like, they feel like they're like stuck at a point where like they're they've gotten used to making the amount of money that they make in this industry. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they don't want to do it forever. Right. Because <laughs> like it's not necessarily um, emotionally fulfilling for them right um, yeah i mean you know being below the line is like you got to get in like it's, it's tough like finding you, you might always be on edge about is this season going to get renewed or you know your next gig um above the line is just as difficult in a uh, if not more difficult because you have to be you're, you know you got to be the creator but i can i can imagine why they push you towards being the creator so you can like they said like you, like you said They've always they've pushed you to find the opportunities, create them. Um, yeah, absolutely. So why don't we bring in Pops? All right, I got him. Scott Satterfield in the building. Hey, Pottis, what's up? Good. I was about to say good. That's not an answer <laughs> to what's up. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know good is part of it. Whatever the answer. Yeah, is. Uh, Gavin. It's it's uh, Pottis and Gavin right here. Right on, brothers. How you doing? Good. Good to hear your voice. I wanted to ask you first, what is your relationship to the Atlanta film industry? Basically, I'm a lighting technician, uh, more specifically a grip, which is, uh, in a phrase, um, lighting and camera support. I mount cameras on whatever they have to be mounted on. That's one of my tasks, uh, one of like 50 tasks that I perform as a grip and probably my favorite task boats and helicopters mm. cars hood mounts and side mounts for windows 
whatever moves or even if it doesn't move, lots of times it's up to the grips definitely to rig it uh, and putting cameras on a dolly. And then there's a dolly grip that pushes the dolly that the camera's on. And there's a, a breakdown in the grip department of different positions that we all play. And then there's the company grips who basically do all of the work. And uh, as sometimes we like to put it, uh, the electricians make the light and we make it right. Right. because what we do is uh we kind of like paint with shadows so right. when the electricians put the lights up and they're all big and brash and ugly we come in with siders and toppers and bottomers solid black flags so that we're shaping the lights and directing it in the in the area that it's supposed to be uh that we're intending to use it and then we also put uh diffusion on the light to make it softer and prettier and we also put color on the light depending on whether it's night or day or what kind of mood we're trying to uh make happen in a, in a paragraph that's kind of what we do all right so what are some shows you know you how long you have, uh have you been in atlanta I was in Atlanta from 82 to 97, and then I left and went to Nashville and continued to do what I uh, do there for about 11 or 12 years, and then uh, eventually made our way back to Atlanta. So uh, all told, I've been in the business of making uh, movies and TVs and commercial for uh, over 30 years. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how much over, but over 30 <laughs> years. And you've seen, uh, obviously seen the, the influx of shows happening here in Atlanta. What are some of those shows that you've been on? Well, what actually got me back to Atlanta, a friend of mine offered me the best boy position, best boy grip position for Vampire Diaries in 2012. So uh, I've worked on The Walking Dead. Uh, these were all in their early teens. Halt and Catch Fire, which is something that lasted for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I worked on um, Black Lightning, which uh, I think is... If things get going, if and when, I should just say when things get going in Atlanta again may still be going on. I don't know. I, I worked on the first season of that, and that was about all I wanted to do with that. They shoot mostly at night. Oh, wow. Gotcha. So, you know, after a while, it's like you kind of become a vampire and a zombie when you get on a show like that. That's a 10-month uh, commitment. And uh, when you're shooting mostly nights, that really takes a toll on you. Mm. So in Atlanta, I've done a lot. When I got to Atlanta, I kind of got pigeonholed into the TV world instead of the movie world. Before that, I was mostly doing movies and uh, commercials. And when I was in Nashville, uh, when we weren't doing that, we did a lot of music videos because that's uh, yeah, that's kind of their bread and butter up there, a All lot right. of country music videos. But when I was up there, I worked on uh, Castaway, the uh, Federal Express uh, portions of that show where the Tom Hanks is in the Federal Express building. And, ah, nice. Uh, that sort of stuff. I, I worked on um, The Green Mile, mm. Black Snake Moan. Oh. Um, it's been an interesting uh, career. It's been, uh, you know, I, I obviously like something about it because I've been at it for so long and right. I can't really seem to find anything else that I <laughs> that I would like better. And I'm kind of a misfit. I think that, you know, uh, the industry kind of lures a certain type of person that maybe doesn't fit in with the regular working class and that's where i felt like i fit in so yeah it worked out for me just fine All right. now that i'm getting a little older i might look for something else to do but i can tell you right now it won't be nearly as exciting and it's funny because a lot of times our students don't realize how much fun being a grip is like it's it, I think it takes a certain kind of like... It takes a little bit of immaturity and uh, <laughs> it takes, uh, you know, you kind of have to be a lost boy. It's kind of like uh, 
like people that don't really want to grow up. Right. That's how it is when you're in your 20s and 30s. And then after that, you can do nothing but relate to that to the, you know, people that are under you because you lived it too. And yeah. it does take a certain amount, uh, a certain type of person, I think, to be a grip. And you, you have to be kind of like happy go lucky and you have to be, uh, you know, you really don't want to grow up. That's that's the how that's how it worked for me, and that's how I think it works for a lot of the grips. And, you know, eventually we all have to grow up, but it's a good way to extend your childhood. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's such an essential part of of creating like a film or a TV show. You know, the one thing that we've uh, been saying through a lot of these interviews is finding those people who are willing to like give, and you were always open to like letting us use your equipment to like actually make these like films or like the music video and come on set you know you spent a day in the gym with us at frederick douglas you know that time uh you know your daughter was working with us and you were working on a music video that your daughter was first ad on which your wife is also an ad tell me about that occurrence Emma has talked about being a director for a pretty long time, and she's pretty good at writing. Her mom's a writer, and so it kind of runs in the family. And uh, she showed an interest early on, so we worked on some of her earlier things that, you know, were very small. You know, it's just a handful of people trying to make something happen. And uh, then she got in, in, involved with you guys at Reimagine and got really stoked. And, uh, you know, projects got a little bit bigger. She learned a little bit more, and, you know, like most people understand an organization like that doesn't really have a lot of money. They can't always pay somebody. So we, we've ended up doing a lot of volunteer work. And that one particular incident, I do recall uh, having to uh, solve a few problems. You know, a thing about grips is they actually, you know, there's problems that come up where you have to come up with instant solutions and you have to basically think on your feet. Uh, We've been referred to a lot like the MacGyvers of the business Mm -hmm. before the TV show MacGyver, (laughs) Uh, you know, before the new TV show. Before the new one, right. But anyway, uh, it's... uh, it was lots of fun. I had a great time. And, you know, uh, I hope some folks might have, I might have been able to pass a few pearls of wisdom along to some of the guys that were helping me. Absolutely. That were from Reimagine. And, uh, you know, I always enjoy seeing that sort of thing happen. And, of course, you know, I'm a little biased because Emma is my daughter. So, you know, I'm there for her whenever she needs me. And she did ask me to come and help. So there you have it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Scott, um, we're looking for more especially at like at a time right now we need people to not wait to be asked to volunteer to seek it out you know and for all of us um as artists we got to seek out ways to lend a hand to expose a teenager to the possibility of art being a career on that side on that G, on the G&E side how can you do that like how um well i mean I- the way I see it is uh, it's, uh, it's all about how you look at it. I mean, some people just don't really feel like they're, they want to donate their time if they're not going to like get paid in some way for it. But really, you are getting paid. Um, when you donate your time and you get involved with, a, with an organization like Reimagine and you get involved with uh, other people with like interests, I think that uh, you stand to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's by learning uh, 
by mistakes. Sometimes that's um, one of the best ways to learn. You know, you just got to get out there and do it. Some people are feel like they don't know enough and they're like, well, I can't get out there because I just don't, I don't know how that works and stuff. But, you know, get out there and do it anyway. Everybody's, you know, at least in the same kind of boat, at least at one stage or another, everybody is learning. And uh, that's what you get out of volunteer work is you get an education and you mm. get to learn about things that you probably secretly want to know anyway. And you're just kind of scared to push yourself out there you gotta just believe in yourself and and get out there and do it you know the only way to really learn things the best way to learn things if you ask me is to get outside of your comfort zone that's when i learn the most stuff and i'm usually scared to death about it Mm -hmm. and then i'll go out and i'll get outside my comfort zone and i'll do it and then i'll just have this sense of relief and go wow you know i never have to be worried about that anymore i never have to like freak out about doing that that anymore because uh now i know how to do it and now i know how to do it for the rest of my life so it certainly helped me and you know over the years i've learned that that is really a great way to learn to volunteer and to get outside your comfort zone so that eventually you become comfortable with it. Ooh, facts. Beautiful. Well said. All right, Scott, I think that's all we, we got for you. Appreciate you. Emma, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. I love y'all. I love the sad feels. Give mama, tell mama, say hi. Me and Gavin say hi. And, uh, oh, and, uh, Rowan as well. And we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. We love them. We love the Satterfields. Scott's always been super helpful, hasn't he? Scott's been great. Scott's just a cool dude. (laughs) Lost boys. Through her experience with Reimagine um, and, you know, with her family as well, she feels like she's in a place where she's starting over, but not from scratch, from experience. Yeah. You know, never put it in those words, but I probably felt things like that, like, I mean, I've been doing, you know, filmmaking and trying to break in the industry, make something for a long time. And I feel like there's been phases, right? Not like I'm going through a phase, but phases of my career where I'm like, okay, this is it. And then that thing completely falls apart. And then you have to build yourself back up. But having learned from the previous experience, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, I think we've discussed on earlier episodes the troubles we've had with with those transitional times. So the fact that she has the tools from the beginning, especially we're in a pandemic right now, and it goes from her being this, you know, after school program where she's able to like learn all these tools, know that she wants to be in the film industry, gets a job to like losing it. And that's not going to shatter her. She's like really realistic about the work that's going to go, that's going to have to be put in. Right, she has these tools to fall back on, so she's like looking at it with an awesome spirit and an awesome reality of like the world is tough and it's going to take some work. Agreed. You know, Emma's quiet. Generally, I think she's still learning how to express herself in a lot of ways, as we all are. But again, she's young and quiet, and at least around us, like. You know, when, you, when you're sitting, uh, you know, in the corner, just kind of talking, yeah, she's talkative. But when you ask her questions about her experience, a lot of times, specifically talking about her living in that neighborhood, um, I feel like she's probably gotten a lot more out of it than she knows. You know, she's homeschooled, so she doesn't have those experiences. 
but she was open to being in that environment and to listening to what these girls had to say and really being empathetic and really getting that better understanding of like her own community, her own neighborhood. That takes a lot to like open yourself up to like being educated in a different way and seeing a different point of view. So kudos for her to like putting in that time and effort and then like still keeping those relationships. Yeah. I think that was what that's the special thing about her is that I don't think it was a lot of like effort to open herself up. I think she's very naturally in tune and open. She was just a fly on the wall for the most part too. Which was great because she really got into her role of like, let me make sure I'm getting all this background footage. She when she felt like the need to like speak up or give a suggestion she would and it it wasn't like she would flinch to do that she would like have a point and she would make it yeah so just to have that awareness to be like oh these times when i'm just like going to be in the background listen or make sure i'm doing my job but these other times where it's like i have something to add i have a point of view that i think can help this discussion or help the process move forward because remember it's just us and these girls and it's like we're trying to make these connections we're trying to see what needs to be changed within the lesson plan for them to get it. And, you know, there was a couple of times even after we would do debriefs with Emma and ask her, it's like, what did you see when you were there? Mm-hmm. What feedback can you give us to, like, help this process along? Especially, like, early days of, of uh, Forest Hill, it's like, when things were not working, you know, we were battling between if we're going to go back there or not and make that switch. You know, we asked them, it's like, what's, what's your, you know, you've been there. What do you think? So it's valuable to have like that younger voice in there. Um, it's awesome getting to having to get to know that family um, over the last few years. And, you know, we didn't get the chance to have mom on there, but, you know, she's, uh, like Emma said, she's been an AD in the industry for a long time and she's super sweet as well. And with nonprofit world or with like, Educating teens, you have like a couple of different kind of parents. You have the parents that you never see or never hear of, except for if they're dropping their kid or picking their kid up. You'll have some parents like that hover, <laughs> which are like always there. You might have someone like Scott, who's like shows up when needed, always down to help, but also chill. And it's like, you guys do your thing because you know what you're doing. He doesn't impose the been a grip for 20 years in the industry on us. And he could, because he knows, he knows, (laughs) but he doesn't. Right. Thank you for listening to Embrace the Mess. Reimagining TL exists to equip the next generation of storytellers. We do this through exposure to different careers and spaces in the film and digital media industry, training students through workshops and special projects, and placement with internships and paid opportunities. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Find out more at reimagineatl.com.